Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five-star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Evening all, how are we? Hope you're all well. So, Loops, there we go. Loops, oh, Muzz, you're up as well. Loops, I'll just put you on silent for a second. Um, Do you want to carry on, Muzz, with your question? Yeah, I can. Yeah, hi, nice to have you back. Oh, thank Uh, you. I hope you've had a nice time off. (laughs) Um, I'm divorced. Yeah. uh, And I've actually spoken to you before briefly. Uh, I'm divorced. And we came to a, a, an informal agreement to um, to clean break, but unfortunately, I failed to go to court and get that sealed. Uh, and the reason I, I didn't do that is because actually she had religiously remarried, and I was hoping she was going to get her marriage civilly registered, and then that would have been the end of it. I, I thought in my head, and that, and assumed that that's why they were rushing the uh, the civil divorce. Yeah. However, she hasn't done that. She's obviously changed her mind and she's now proceeding with um, with a financial remedy, uh, as they call it. Um, she has lots of assets that were hidden from me, which is one of the reasons why she eventually came to a clean break with me before, because I found yeah. out after she'd left. Yeah. Um, she's gone to uh, see a solicitor and she's alleging all sorts of things now, uh, d- d- domestic violence and um, she's saying that I was mentally cruel and all, you know, all, all that shebang. Um, <clears throat> she was recording arguments while we were together. The, the last year was particularly bad. Um, I just wanted to know um, what strength that plays now that we're actually divorced and... It, this has only sort of come up as a result of her making a financial claim. Most can it. I can I just jump in there? So what's when you say what strengths that has? Do you mean by way of a financial application? Yeah, yeah. It won't have anything really because it, it's a conduct issue, and generally conduct issues aren't raised for finances. So I don't think you've got anything to worry about there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, she's gone to see a domestic abuse specialist. Might might be uh, just to get legal aid, but it certainly won't impact any financial decision the court's making. Okay. The All other right. thing is that some of these arguments that she's recorded, she's now decided to share with family members of mine, okay. um, which is, you know, quite upsetting, if I'm honest yeah. with you. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and again, I, I, I really don't know how I can get her to stop doing that. I mean, we've been divorced. She's with someone else. She's moved into a new marital home. Yeah. She's got properties of her own. She's They're, got f- So this, this, this falls outside of the family arena, Murs, and, and I would suggest that you contact the police because she's releasing private conversations um, yeah. to, to, you know, third parties that aren't a part of this. So I would say um, uh, contact the police on that one. All right? Oh. All right, that's brilliant. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Appreciate Bye. Uh, Lupez, you are next up. What's your question? Hi. Hello, what's your Hi. question? Um, 
just a query basically so yeah. my um my partner um he's got a a little boy um who's free yeah um the mother he's he won't come on here and, and talk he's he, prior he's a male isn't he um it basically won't she will not allow him to have any sort of life um if he tries to work on the weekends she says that he's got to pay her wages um if she's got to take a day off he she uses the child completely as a weapon. He's scared that if he takes her to court, then the time that it takes, he won't be able to see his son. Um, if it comes out about me and him being together because she's, he's moved on, um, he won't be allowed to see his son. Um, anytime he says something to her, he she refuses to listen. Um, her son, their, their son is currently, um, he is behind um, very much so with his speech and um everything developmentally but she doesn't seem to be pushing for much and he like i said works during the week by the time he gets home everything's shut he doesn't he doesn't have any clue how to get hold of the pediatricians and and stuff like that and he's being completely left out of the loop of his child okay what's your um, question of me loops basically i just want to know sort of from a, a legal standpoint of yeah. where he stands if if he was to if he was to take her to call and she stops him from seeing the child in between that time. Can she legally? Can she legally do that? Can she stop him? Bearing in mind that she okay, allows well, him around the child. Yeah. Okay. So I, the starting point, I think, and I say this not just for your benefit, Loops, but for others that are listening, is that um, as the father, he has parental responsibility. Okay. So that's the starting point. Can she legally stop him? from seeing the child, no. Legally, she can't, no. Can she stop him? Yes, absolutely. And that's why we have so many children's applications before the courts at the moment. So I think what's missing here is obviously that, that ability to co-parent with him. She, she doesn't seem to have that. Um, obviously, there's no respect for the child, really, to allow dad to be a part of the child's life. And of course, legally, what the law says is that it's the child's right to have a relationship with both parents. So what your partner needs to do is to make an application to the court using a C100 form. And that will provide a framework. So then we have an order that says not only when he's seeing the child so that we can get a regular framework going on, but also that he should be consulted about medical issues and schooling issues and the paediatrician, etc. So, you know, if there's no way to chat or to mediate a resolve between those two, then it will have to go to the court. And, and that's that's his remedy, really. OK, um, yeah, I think there was one more thing. Um, she has um, consistently controlled every aspect of his life. Um, obviously, it's a lot different. I don't know how it is, but obviously, stereotypically, it's a lot different for men going through like domestic abuse with the corpse as what it is with women. Um, she she attacked him physically, mentally, financially, abused every aspect of his life. Um, and obviously, he's still struggling to get out of the grips of her control. And I don't really know what else to suggest to him other than I've been through it myself with the father of my child. Yeah, so Loops, that, that's, that's not really a legal question, unfortunately. That's more of a counselling um, issue. So I think that, you know, whilst I can't give you any legal remedy to that, what I would say is that all he can do is get counselling to help with that. I just meant if that would, if, the, if he would have to speak to somebody to do with 
because obviously he would be entitled to legal aid, wouldn't he, if he's been through domestic abuse? And if and if he has to speak to somebody to get that ball in motion as well, if he's going to apply for a C100. Okay, so um, so your question is, would he be entitled to legal aid? So I, I don't know the answer to that, but if, you, if you've got a pen handy, I'll give you a phone number that he can call to find out. Brilliant, thank you. All right, so it's 0345... Yep. 345. Yeah. 4345. All right. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Bye. Jono, you are up next. Let me just take you off mute. What's your question? Hello. Uh, hi there. Yeah, so hi. So I spent the last three years fighting in court for my daughter. Yeah. Then uh, the judge at the end of the final hearing, at the final hearing, turn around, well, we end up over change a judge, which kind of were upsetting. But the judge at the final hearing said, once I've completed a parenting course and the counselling sessions that I were doing, I can reapply again. Is there a time Is there a time limit in how long I have to wait before I can reapply or no, once be, I've done the be, training stuff and be guided, judge, can I reapply? Be guided by your order, Jono. So if there is a time limit, it will say on the order what that time limit is. And if there isn't, there was, then... Like, on, oh, on it. Well, there you go, then. So there's no time limit. So you can apply whenever you feel ready for yeah. that. Part of that question is, um, do I have to do out the C100 form or is there something else like a change of court order form? It, and what's it called? It, so it depends what you're, what you're asking the court for. Are you asking the court to vary the order? Are you asking for a new order? What are you a asking? New, a, new, a, a new order to increase contact. OK, so you do a C100 then. C100 right. form for that one. All right. right. Okay, then. Lovely. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> bye. Ginwood, I think you were next. What's your question? Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Right, okay. So my um, ex-husband has... Um, ref is refusing to pay the CMS, the tribunal's ordered CMS. He's yeah. all, I've also, um, in, in the process of doing CMS, um, proven that he's been hiding assets in the region of three hundred thousand pounds yeah normally you you have to get a permission from the other parent if you want to move house i think um i'm in financial difficulty at the moment because he's uh, refusing to pay this cms and i want to know if i could use this hadkinson principle in, in terms of um until he pays me my cms he can't stop me moving house if it doesn't affect the contact with the children um, i haven't heard of the hudkinson principle so i can't help you there i'm afraid i don't know it's what that where is. it's it basically it's where um one parent tried um owed, owed cms to another parent okay. um and um she um this hudkinson principle in place where because so, which meant that he couldn't take out legal action against her at all okay so i'm going to jump in because that's obviously not see we don't as, as family lawyers we don't Deal, deal with CMS. We have nothing to do with CMS. I know that a lot of people think that we do, and I always get asked questions about it, but we don't. Um, so I yeah. think that this principle that you're talking about is probably very CMS specific. Um, In that it's, it's, it went through the courts. It wasn't actually, it was just because he owed her yeah. debt. It, it may not and, have gone through the, the family court though, which is why I'm saying I'm not familiar with it. So I can't comment on right, that really. Okay. Um, okay. In, in terms of, of moving house, all I would say is that as if there is a contact order in place allowing him contact with the children and that he sees them yeah he sees them once a f once so, um so one the night a okay. fortnight so if there's a contact order in place at the moment which is legally yeah. binding 
and yeah. your move won't impact that contact order, then from a family yeah. law perspective, there isn't an issue. OK. Right. OK. So, yeah. but, but with regard to the CMS, just not my area. Sorry. Yeah. OK. No All problem. Right. Thank you. Anyway. Thanks. Bye. Cindy, you managed to join me fairly quick. What's your question? Um, hi, I'm, I'm just uh, planning to apply for a divorce. So apart from the no-fault no divorce, is there another way, especially if there is uh, infidelity involved from no. the partner? No, just no fault now, Cindy. Um, since last April, that's the only ground that we rely on. It's the only fact that we rely on. All right. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Uh, Captain, let me take you off mute. Hello, good evening. Good evening, long time no speak. I know, I know. Well, I'm back. I uh, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I was having thoughts about coming back all day and then I kind of made the final decision as I was setting up the live and I just thought I'll jump on and see what happens. Um, but clearly it's been missed. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> um, I'm at work, so I'll have to be really quick. Okay. Uh, but this is a question from Jen. Yes. Nineteen eighty five. Yes. Um, hi, I have my final court hearing on the 2nd of August. Yeah. My ex, despite being court ordered, didn't send his supporting information for his me on time. I sent all my info to him on the day the judge requested, which was the 29th of June. Yeah. And he had access to all my info to inform his court narrative statement. I have written my, I have written and sent my court narrative statement without this information. Will the judge consider this? Yeah, absolutely. The judge will consider all um, elements of evidence that are submitted. However... It will, it will be near on impossible for the judge to make any kind of determination because it doesn't have any evidence from the other side. The one thing I would say, just again for others that are listening, is when you're directed to file and serve, so we file with the court and we serve on the other side, always file, um, but don't necessarily serve, i.e. swap with the other side, until you've heard back from them that they're going to do it too. Um, I would I would always file my documents with the court, but I wouldn't I wouldn't let the other side see them until I knew that they were going to swap with me. Anyway, that said, I mean that that ship has sailed in this particular question. She's already done that now, um, but yes. The, so the court will look at her statement and they will take into account that he hasn't filed. The most likely outcome, because it sounds like it's the first appointment, is that the court will adjourn it off and give him another three months to get himself sorted. So they won't make an order at this hearing, unfortunately. So it will just waste her time. It's the final court hearing. Oh, it's oh, the final in terms of finances? Um, looking at the question, it says, I have my final court hearing on the 2nd of August. Yeah. Uh, she's just messaged me back saying, yes, it is the final hearing. Well, then there must be some evidence. It wouldn't go to final hearing unless there was evidence before the court. So not okay. sure... Not sure. But anyway, I hope what I've said has been helpful. Yeah, that, you know, any evidence that's missing, the court may be able to make an order in her absence. Uh, sorry, in the absence of that evidence, but it may be difficult. OK, Nikki, I'm going to come to you next. You've been waiting ever so patiently. Okay. What's your question, uh, Nikki? Uh, I'm just ringing to see what the... Uh, I don't know to put it. Yeah. My, do my, my son and his uh, girlfriend, she's yeah. asked him to leave the house. Yeah. And leave the kids behind. Yeah. What, what are the things of him seeing the kids and is she can she just stop him from seeing kids well the, i mean legally no she can't but of course it happens nikki you know i mean lots of parents aren't able to co-parent so then they just stop the other side from having any kind of contact 
Um, I'm going to assume that your son's got parental responsibility because he's the biological father. Um, and if he hasn't, he'll, he'll get parental responsibility fairly easily. But if the co-parenting breaks down and she doesn't allow him to see the child, then what he would need to do is submit a C100 application to the court. So he would just fill that out, send it in. And that's just asking the court really for an order um, that um, he gets a regular, you know, routine with the children really and of course the law comes at it from the eyes of the children so what the court's starting point will be is that it's the child's right or the children's right to have a relationship with both parents so if mum's saying no to that the onus will be on mum to convince the court that she's making the right decision and that's that's difficult that can be difficult to do does that right help? yeah it does make sense yeah brilliant all right, Nikki, I'll let you ponder on that. All right. OK, thank okay. you. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Um, Amanda, I'm going to come to you next. What's your question? Hello. Hello. I was wondering if you're able to advise on unmarried couples separating with children and the split of the house. Yeah. So I can't. Um, I was just going to say, Amanda, I can't really advise. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I can only advise a client. Um, yeah. But the general rule of thumb is that when, mm -hmm. did you say not married? The, uh, yeah, not married. Yeah, so not married. So where you're not married, the mm -hmm. same rules that apply to married couples don't apply. So that's the first thing I would say. And I say that because a lot yeah. of people think there's this common law man and wife, which is just mm -hmm. a myth. Um, yeah. So typically, whatever is in your name is yours and mm -hmm. whatever is in your yeah. partner's name is theirs. So right, okay. typically the scenario that we will get is where two people are living together, not married, and the house is in one person's name and the mm -hmm. relationship breaks down and the house will always belong to the person whose name it's in. Okay, so the other person yeah. has no claim to that property. Is that mm -hmm. is that kind of where you were going with this, Amanda, or was this something a bit more specific? No, this a little bit different. So okay. um, this is on behalf of my brother. Him and his ex-partner purchased a house together, uh, went on to have two children. Yeah. They've since separated and they're looking at um, selling the house. Yeah. However, his partner's been told that because she's going to be the main carer of the children, instead of it being a 50-50 split, it's a 70-30 to her because she's got the children i was just wondering if that was a general rule if that was right what was being said so obviously um it's bespoke to that family she's made an application mm -hmm. under the schedule one um but okay. so, so the schedule one sorry amanda is a children's okay. act application so where mm -hmm. she has no rights to the property for example or where she's only entitled yeah. to 50 percent she can then ask for more because she has the responsibility for housing the children um, so it, right, it's okay. not it's not so much for her, but for the children. So the first question right. is, is it definitely that the children will live with her? And if so, we would then have to look at, well, how far away do we leave 50 percent? 70 might be high, but then I don't know yeah. on the circumstances of that particular family. OK. And is it of interest that the ex's new partner is buying my brother out of the property? that there's a new partner involved, is, is that taken into consideration? Not not really, because they're not okay. married. So it will be based on the fact that she has responsibility of housing the children. If they were married, that mm. would be taken into account. Um, but right, the, okay. this, I'm assuming, is a Schedule 1 application. Um, okay. I mean, the best that your brother can do is just to negotiate a lower fee. Right, OK. But it wouldn't be a 50-50 cut? 
probably not if she's made a schedule one application if she hasn't made right. a schedule one absolutely the law says that she owns 50 he owns 50 did you say that they were both named on the property amanda so joint mortgage. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, so, that's right. So that's the, the legal position is fifty fifty, and and there is no we don't like move from that without further mm -hmm. order of the court if we have no agreement. So she'd have okay, to make sorry, a schedule. I'm aware that hasn't been made. Okay. So then it's still fifty yeah. fifty, um, and if she's okay. claiming that she wants more for the children, then it would be a schedule one application. Okay. Perfect. You've been really helpful. Thank right. you. You're welcome. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, Marts, you're up next. How are you? Hello. Hello. Nice to see you back. I know. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Right. So the first one is, um, how many times would a one-year-old be expected to go to dad's or have contact? He keeps threatening court if I don't let him have overnight contacts, etc., and longer. Um, that depends on the family dynamic. Um, if I were speaking to this person, I'd be sort of asking a few questions such as, how long have you been separated since separation? what sort of contact has dad been having how is the child with being away because one is 12 months is fairly young um so there is no sort of hard and fast rule there mart um and i hope the person that's actually the question's listening um it, it's a case of you know what suits that family best but at that age we would suggest and this is just sort of an overarching um i suppose theory but we would be suggesting that small bite-sized chunks of contact whilst the child gets used to the separation. So frequent, yeah. but small. Okay, no worries. Um, the next one is, my ex has a child arrangements order in place. Daughter went last week, very upset and emotional, and I wanted to speak to him. She's right. unable to tell me what happened, but very upset over this. Who do I go for advice? Uh, as a court order states, he sees her twice a week. History of molestation yeah. order and his daughter for a year. Contact has been happening for the last six months, twice a week. The first thing I would say is let's try to co-parent if we can, because where we're turning to outside third parties, whether that be police or courts or neighbours or whoever, social workers, CAFCAS, um, it's not the right remedy. So the first thing I'd be saying to mum is we'll sit down with dad and say to dad, look, this is what's happening. This is how I'm seeing things. Can you help me out here? Because parents have got to try and co-parent. If she hits a brick wall, then obviously, and, and this continues, all she can then do is take the matter back to court and ask for the existing order to be varied. To say, look, for whatever reason, I can't get to the bottom of it. The child doesn't want to go um, twice a week. The child doesn't want to do overnight or whatever the issue might be. Smashing. Um, the next one is, my ex forged my signature to change our kid's surname via deed poll. We have court in three weeks. It's been delayed via COVID. Uh, what's to be expected? I only discovered the name change due to the, um, the school parent mail. Will this or can this be reverted if it's changed? It can be, yes, because in order to change a child's name, you do need the other person's permission. Now, I'm not saying that you can't change a child's name, because every time I do a video on a name change, I always get loads of comments that go, well, I did it, and I didn't get his permission, and I did it, and I did it, and that's fine. You can do that. But if the other parent then finds out and brings it to the attention of the court, the court will say to the other parent, you didn't have permission to change that child's name, so we're changing it back again. And of course, all that does is cause distress for the child 
and maybe embarrassment at school or what have you, having to do another name change. But yes is the answer to that question. The court may well decide, depending on how long the new name's been in place for, the court may well decide to order that it's changed back and not changed again. Okay, Smashin. And the last one I got for you is, um, so we've been to court, we've been given an order, and all of a sudden my child stopped coming and saying that he doesn't want to come. Then got put to a contact centre for handover only. The first contact went with no issues, then all of a sudden the child doesn't even want to come into the centre for handover. What's the best way to proceed? The influence mum is having on the child is unfortunately twisting the child's mind against myself yeah. and my family and my girlfriend. Yeah, I would be suggesting in that instance child mediation. So we, we can, we, there's mediators who will actually work with the children as well. Um, and, and that can sometimes be a great benefit because you'll get mum, dad and the child all sat round and discussing um, the importance that the child have a relationship with both parents. And of course, it tends to put the parent who is attempting some alienation on the spot because the mediators will say things like, well, you know, it's really important, isn't it, mum and dad? that, you know, little George gets to see both parents. So I would suggest, because court's not going to help in that instance, would be my view. Um, we, we can't, you know, we can't change a person's personality with a court order. So I'd be looking to do something else. And my first suggestion would be family mediation. Smashing. Brilliant. Cheers, Trish. You're welcome. Lovely to see you again. Oh, thanks, Mark. Speak to you soon. Yeah. Bloods, let's try you again. What's your question? Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. There we go. How can I help? Right. So um, I've been divorced for about seven years now. Yeah. And my husband is very, very delaying as trying to do a financial order. Yeah. Can I still do a financial order after all this time? Absolutely. Yeah, it's never too late to do a financial order. Um, it just might mean that if he's delaying and he won't engage with the process, that you're going to have to make a court application, which can be a real pain, especially if there's nothing to divide between you. And I, I don't know that there isn't. But, but yes is the answer to your question. You can. The only other thing is he, he said we could just do a pension, um, a pension share order rather than a financial order. And I'm just wondering well, why he would want to go down that route rather the, than a financial order. The thing is, you can't have that without a financial order. So a pension share is part of a financial order. OK, so right. no, number one would be, you know, on our financial order, number one might be we're going to have a pension share. And number two would be, well, then after that, we're going to have a clean break. So you can't just yeah. get a pension share order. That is a financial order, essentially. Maybe he right. means that he doesn't want any any of the other assets divided, save for the pension share. So maybe that's what he what he means. All we need to do is do a pension share. That's fine if you're right. in agreement, but that will be your financial order. Okay. And the other thing is, can I apply for a financial order um, without going to mediation? Because everything I Everything I read, it looks like I've got to go to mediation first. You, you ha well, the thing is, you haven't got to go. Um, what the court wants people to do is attempt mediation. And the only reason that they no. are saying that is because they are crippled under all the applications that are coming in. So what happens right. is you have to reach out to a mediator and say, um, you know, I'm looking to make a court application uh, and I guess that I have to approach mediation first. Now, if the mediator feels that it's not appropriate, she will give you the form that you require. If she says, right. however, well, do you want to give it? Because the thing is, blood, um, 
mediation is voluntary it's not complete you can't force someone to go so even though you've reached out to a mediator and she explains to you the process if you don't want to do it then she can't force you to do it so she'll give you the form that's needed do you see what I mean yeah okay all right okay but do I have to see a mediator myself to be no. able to put the financial order in so generally what will happen is they'll do a phone call when you do the mediation referral they'll just chat with you first of all over the phone and say, right, you right. know, this is this is what mediation's all about. Um, do you think mediation would help you? And are you willing to attend? Do I have to attend with my ex-husband? Um, yeah, I mean, if you both decide that you're going to try mediation, then yes. But it, when right. you say attend, it wouldn't be in the same room as such. A lot of mediators since COVID are doing um, them uh, online, on Teams. Right. Okay. All right. I just feel like I'm a bit stuck here because I feel like um, he'll just keep waiting and waiting and waiting and I don't know what to do next, if you if you know what I mean. If I were you, because I, I sense that you want this financial order, just, just as a final, and, and that's, that's really good. I think you should get that to sever the financial ties because that hasn't happened yet. If I were you, I would be reaching out to a mediator um, and just to say, look, this is going to go to court, uh, is my view, but I, I need a form from you. It's called it's called an FM1 form, a family mediation form, um, and just have a chat with them. Because once you get the form, you can then make your court application and then you're, you're off and running then. And if at any time he says to you when that court application has started, look, let's agree an order, fine. We don't have to go to court. We can still send the order and say to judge, Thanks, Judge. Don't need that court date after all. We've sorted it all out. Here's our order. Right. OK. All right. Yep, that's fine. That's right. great. Thank you very much. Bye. Uh, Keels, you are up next. What's your question? Hiya. Uh, it's, um, it's a mediation question. Yeah. Um, if, if I refused to go to mediation, yes. what would be the impact on that? Because I know you said it was voluntary. Yeah. No, no consequences at all, Keels, of not going to mediation. I, I know a lot of people worry about this. The judge doesn't know. The judge doesn't see the reasons why people don't want to go to mediation. The judge, all the judge is aware of or the court is aware of is that mediation has been attempted. Now, that could mean anything. That could mean that you both attended two or three sessions. It didn't work or that actually the mediator thought it wasn't suitable or that one of you refused to go. So no consequences at all if you feel it's not for you. All right, brilliant. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. All right, bye. Um, Art, you are up next. Whenever you're ready, what's your question? Hiya. Um, Hi. So my parents have just recently gotten divorced yeah. um, through the Islamic way just because my dad won't agree to like a legal divorce. Yeah. Right? And um, so he's currently living with us at the moment, but he won't move out. And my mother's trying to find like the legal way of being able to remove him from the tenancy just because they're both joint tenants at the moment. And she's obviously the main like caregiver for me and all my siblings. Um, another thing, she's also like changed the rent um, like agreement so that she's the one that's paying all of the rent and utilities. And she's just trying to find a way of like being able to like remove him from the house if possible. So her starting point, because it's not because they're still married, it's not really um, a family law question. The starting point would be to reach out to the housing association um, and ask right. them and say, right, how do I go about having him removed? What is it? What paperwork do you need from me so that I can get his name removed off the tenancy? The other thing that I would say to that is when you um, make uh, an application like that, 
and you, you get him removed from the tenancy, there's still no guarantee that he's going to go. Okay, so then what your mom would have to do, then it would go back to the family arena, is an occupation order application. But they're really hard to prove. And if he's got nowhere to go and no money to live off, she won't succeed on that. But anyway, I'm, but, um, I'm, I'm going to into but, it. Start with the Housing Association first and see what their criteria is to have his name removed from the tenancy. Okay, um, it's just because um, he does have like alternative places to live, at the very least temporarily. Like he's got family and everything like that who could also put him on their tenancy and whatnot, and there's like a spare place. So the, so court, there's just that the, court, well. the court wouldn't see that as an adequate resolve because now we're involving third parties and they're being asked to do something. So the court's going to be looking at... Um, him moving out into his own property, so one of those being available, and having the money to be able to pay for it. Now, your mum's halfway there because she's had everything transferred into her sole name and she's paying for it all. So clearly, yeah. if your dad's working, he may have some disposable income. But as I say, start start with the housing association first. Okay. All right. And how long, like, okay, so what would they expect? So, I don't, I don't know. so when we do get to the housing, housing I association, I don't know. What that, should we ask them? Well, you're going to say you've got a joint tenancy and you want to have his name removed, but I don't know what they're going to expect. That's why you need to have a conversation with them. Okay then. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Um, Harry, you are next up. What's your question? Hello. Can you hear me, Tracy? I can. Yeah. How can I help? Hi. Uh, thank you. Um, I was divorced in February twenty. Yeah. Uh, from my ex-wife, and we got an FCO. Most of our Financial uh, dealings and everything were agreed by myself and my ex-wife. We never involved child maintenance service. We didn't uh, go through child uh, access because both daughters, um, well, one's 21 and one's 17 now, so they were 15, 14 and 17 at the time. And we let them choose where, you know, when the shame with us. Then in July last year, my ex um, referred me to the child maintenance service, as she can under the FCO, and uh, the maintenance has increased. How, there's a number of questions, does that impact on any, can other changes be made on the FCO? And also we'd agreed on our house, which we'd still own jointly together, 50-50, and the court has agreed that uh, she would either buy me out or sell in June of next year. Can now she's changed the FCO on, regarding the maintenance, can I um, bring the sale or the purchase of the house forward? No. So, Harry, where we've got child maintenance in a financial order, and for those of you listening, when Harry says an FCO, he's talking about a financial consent order. Where we have child maintenance in there, it's only valid for 12 months. After that, the jurisdiction or the power to implement a change will fall back to the CMS. But that is the only area of your order that's going to be able to be amended. The only exception to that would be if there was spousal maintenance and you said, I need to change it to bring it down or she said, I need to change it because I need more money. But that that's why a lot of times we don't really like putting child maintenance into a financial order because after 12 months, it's not worth the paper it's written on anyway. But the rest of it, the rest of your order remains set in stone. So with regard to her selling the property, that will have to happen next year. Right. Um, and, and aside to that as well, she, during COVID, she had her partner live with her and she admitted it to me four and a half months. Yeah. Now, I know from a friend who lives in the same street, 
and partner stays there the vast majority of the time. Uh, I know he lives elsewhere, but which, you know, she's entitled, you know, she's got the six-month rule and everything. Is, is there any way it's cumulative? Because obviously he's living there the vast majority of the time, which I can't prove. Do I have any legal rights there? No, because your order's been made. So even, right. if, you, even if you proved that he was living there, it's made now, it's done. So, so that, that moment has passed. Um, and, you know, the court would argue that, well, that, that, you know, we couldn't prove that was the position at the time, so the order stays. OK. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Harry. Bye. No worries. Thank you very much. Right. Leela. Layla, you are next. What's your question? Hi, Tracy. Thank Hello. you for accepting my request. That's OK. Um, I got divorced in 2014. Yeah. And... Um, the p part of the agreement was that I walk away from my ex-husband's inheritance in exchange for him to walk away from his share of the property that we had together. Yeah. Mo moving on, uh, we have um, sold that house and bought another property, then sold the second property and bought the third property. Um, but because... I couldn't get a mortgage in my name on one wage. He agreed to go for a joint mortgage and I put his name down on the deeds 50-50 because I trusted him. And he was he was always there, you know, a good um, father, etc. You know, we were, we were really good on good terms. However, in the last 12 months, he's met someone and I am getting a bit apprehensive. He has promised me that he is happy to change his name from his share of the deeds. But we, I don't know what the process entails, how it's going to be done, what is the financial implications, what happens if he backs off. I, I, I'm just a little bit worried and I don't know yeah. where to go from here. Layla, there seems to be an awful lot going on there. Um, we've got properties, we've got finances, we've got a divorce. I'm not sure if there's a financial order. So something that I'm going to strongly, strongly suggest to you that you take some legal advice. I couldn't begin to give you a suggestion because I just have so many questions racing around my head at the moment that I want to ask you. And of course, I can't do that on this platform. So you no. definitely need, even if it's a half hour with, you know, a solicitor or you want a consultation with me, that's fine. But that you definitely need that there's a lot going on in there do you know what I mean um and and it's not something that I can say look do this do that and point you in the right direction because I'd need to ask so many questions does that make sense and trust me I, I'm not trying to avoid answering your question I just yeah. feel that you you need some advice on that one yeah we did have a financial order okay. and we just carried on um, doing our own version of you know okay. being working together as sure. co-parenting for That's our good. daughter and it worked yeah. fine for yeah. the last 11 years yeah. but now i'm i'm really worried now because yeah. i mean what i what i would say Layla, is that if you have your financial order that oh. will be the place to start okay so that's going to mm -hmm. be your roadmap until a further order comes along so if there's a disagreement then you you always go back to your order and that's your starting point. But as I say, because of what's happened since that's been made, the waters oh. may be slightly muddied, which is where maybe you, you need to take some advice. But, 
you know, the, the order is the place to start for sure. Okay, I think I'll have to get in touch with you individually because okay. this is really complicated. I yeah. mean, it looks straightforward in my head, but yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Sure. Uh, he's he's promised me, he's given his word, and I trust him on that aspect financially that he will, he is happy to walk away and transfer, remove his name off the deeds of the house. Yes. But I don't know how to about to do it ah. he doesn't know that either so you you He's would not. you would contact a conveyancing solicitor show them the okay. order that you've got your financial order and ask them to do that and they will guide you through that okay do i i can't find my paperwork would oh. would his statement be uh, if he comes forward and writes puts puts it in writing to I them would, i would i would go go yeah. back to the court that made the order and ask for a copy i think that's definitely step one layla let's get a copy of that order so we know exactly what we're doing um and okay. nobody's under any illusion of what the court said what the you know the order that was made and that's that's an easy fix you'll just contact the court that made the order all right all right, thank you for that. No thank problem. You. I really appreciate that. All right, thank you. thanks, Layla. Bye bye. Uh, Lee, you are next up. What's your question? Hi, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Great. Um, thanks for accepting me. Um, I've got an eight-year-old son, which I've brought up for the last eight years. Um, Minnie's, Minnie's mother split up about three weeks ago. Um, when my son was five years old. My ex done a DNA test with a guy and it turned out that my son wasn't my son. And I've still carried on bringing him up. I have him at weekends and all that kind of thing. Um, two weeks ago, she's cut all ties with me and my son. Um, I'm on his birth certificate because we didn't know who, who his father was at the beginning. Obviously, she thought I was his father. And um, what, where do I legally stand by getting access to see him? She's just cut me off. So... Because you're on the birth certificate, Lee, this, this is quite a complex one, if I'm honest with you. You're on the birth certificate, so legally you have parental responsibility. And you are therefore able to make a C100 application to the court, okay? However, okay. when you get before the court, you would have to be transparent to say that whilst I'm on the child's birth certificate and therefore had parental responsibility, it's become known to me that I'm not the child's biological father. That's she's actually she's actually in the last two weeks got back with his real father who's never paid a penny towards that child since he's been born. Okay, so what you're saying to the court is that said, this is all the contact that the child has had with me, and and always frame it so that it's coming from the child's perspective. She's now cut me off. The child knows me to be a father figure, you know, not necessarily the father. If she's in his eyes, in his dad, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, and, and on that basis, I think that the court would potentially carry on the status quo. Now, mum will obviously be called up to give her objections to you having ongoing contact. The first objection huh? is, well, you're not the biological father. But of course, your counter argument to that is, Lee, but we've known that for the past three years since he was five. And you still allowed me to have regular ongoing contact with him. So I would say, yeah. do your C one hundred form. C one hundred form. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. All right. And and what? And this is go. This is. Oh, I have to go get a visit now and go take this to court, right? You Straight to court or any you mediation have, or anything. You don't right. have to get a solicitor, Lee. Um, you can do this yourself. When you cut, okay. when you fill out the C one hundred form, there will be a list of exemptions for mediation. 
So have a look first to see if you can tick any of those boxes. If you are exempt from mediation, you can just send the C100 in. If you're not exempt from mediation, then you will have to call a mediator to say, look, the matter does have to go to court, but I get that I have to get this mediation form from you. Okay, great. Okay, right. thank you very much. So, so C100 form, where, where do I get that from? You just go onto the government website, so gov.uk, okay. gov um, and type um. in C100 form, and it will just take you straight to it. Um, it's okay. it's fairly long, Lee, but don't be put off. It's mostly admin, um. you know, name, address, date of birth, where does the child live, details of the other parent, that sort of thing, and then a very a very short part about what you're looking for. What order do you want the court to make? And you'll just you'll just okay. tell them exactly what you've told me. Okay, thank you very much for you're your respect. All right, thanks, Lee. Good luck. Bye. Thank you. Brave, Hi. you are next up. What's your question? Hello. Hi, um, I had a question for you. Yeah. My mediation didn't work, so I, I took to the court and I've got my date in September. Yeah. I've also got a date to exchange documents with uh, his solicitor because I'm a litigant in person. So I'm a little confused on the documents I need to fill. Do I need to send it to court or do I send it to his solicitor Just... on the date that is up? Uh, just remind me, what application is this, finance or children? Finance. Finance. And he's made an application to the court, has he? No, I have made it because a mediation failed yeah. and I got a letter from the mediator. Yeah. And uh, based on that, I filled the application form and I sent it to the court. Yeah. And they've given me a date in September. Ah, I see. So, yeah. yeah, so you've got to do a little bit of work before then, Brave. You've obviously got to file your form A. You are going to be filing all the documents that it asks you to with the court. And where okay. it says serve, you need to serve it on his solicitor, okay? So some documents you'll just serve, some documents you'll file and serve. But filing means send it to the court, serving means send it to the other side. So read through your order and be guided by that. Okay, so I'll have to do both. I was a little confused in yeah. if I had to do any one. Yeah. I thought I'd just share it with his solicitor and then he makes the bundle and sends it to court. Uh, well, he, um, he, he will make the bundle because he's the only solicitor involved in this matter. Um, but you, you still have to file your evidence by those dates with the court. Okay. All right. Because the bundle, right. the bundle won't get sent to the court until a couple of days before the hearing. Before? Yeah. So I've got the date of 7th to exchange it with him and to inform, send it to the court. Yes. 7th of August. So yes. I'll do that. Yeah. And then wait for exchanges. Okay. And then, then it'll give but, you a hearing date. And then it will say updating disclosure, property particulars, mortgage raising capacity to be filed. It's generally about two weeks before that hearing date. So there will be that date as well. Don't miss that date. Oh, I just have the the first hearing date yep. of September 11th. Yeah. And it said by 7th of August, I need to exchange with him and inform the court. Yeah. There'll be, and then, that, that's your form E. But if you read, okay. read it again, there's, there's a little bit yeah. more for you to do. Okay. Okay. Fab. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brave. Uh, Bye. Uh, Mitt, you are next up. What's your question? Right. I've been separated from my wife for about two years now. I still pay the mortgage on the house um, because I've got children, uh, twins that are 17 and an elder daughter that's 23. And I'm kind of confused as to what position because I'm effectively homeless. 
Okay. Um, I stay so at my this, mum's. Is, is this in this question in relation to finances, Mitt, or is it children? Um, oh, no, no, nothing to do with the kids. The kids. So finances. Yeah. Finances. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and finances um, following a divorce. So you're looking to you're looking to get a financial order. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. And a divorce. And a divorce. Yeah. So you you can't get a financial order without starting the divorce. So and you can do the divorce yourself. Okay. So if if and, and uh -huh. I I always say that just because people think that sometimes they have to have a solicitor. You don't. So you need to start there. Go onto the government website and literally type in divorce, divorce petition, whatever, and it will guide you through the divorce. That is a real simple part of it. Issue, get your divorce petition issued and that's that done. OK, so you can put that to bed then for a little while. Then what I would suggest is you seek out the help of a solicitor, whether it be me or somebody else, and you get some advice as to what it is you're entitled to financially and what they're entitled to financially, and what your expectations should be with regard to a financial settlement. And that's step two. And then step three, you want to put that advice to your wife and say, OK, this is the advice I've been given. Would you be in agreement to dividing the finances in that way? And I think if you get those three steps done first, Mitt, and see where you are, because the landscape will have changed tremendously by the time you get to that position. Then come back here and we can we can then move you on to the next three steps. Okay, three steps is too much. Just do one um, and just start the divorce petition and then come back and we can talk about step two. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, sorry. I don't want to um, be horrible to her. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit. Mental. Yeah. That that and you know what? Everyone that, that, that seeks me out to speak to me are in exactly the same position. So please don't feel that you're the only one, Mitt. You're absolutely not. But trust me when I say you will get to the end of this, okay? I bloody hope so. You will. Also, um like I said, I'm sort of homeless. Um I still own a home that I paid for, I paid the mortgage. I pay all of the stuff where the kids live, where she lives, up north. I'm down south now. I'm sort of staying with my mum, also staying with my partner. But I don't know where to position myself. So that, that step, uh, Mitt, that, that's... Yeah, so that's step two, OK? That's the take the advice part. All right, because I'm not going to be able to answer that question on here... That, that's the step two about speaking to a solicitor and getting some managing your expectations as to what your obligations are to your wife and your, and your family, but also what you can expect to get from the settlement. And once you've got that advice slash knowledge, you'll be in a far better position to then start making some decisions. That's why just getting that one hour from the financial element is so important. OK, okay. cool. Good luck. Right. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, guys, I'm going to wrap it up right there. Thank you so much. Considering that I didn't give you guys any notice whatsoever about the Discord, um, I can't believe how busy we were this evening. And I've still got one, two, three, four, five, six hands up in the um, lounge. Apologies didn't make it to you six. Thank you, guys. I will bid you farewell and be back here Thursday at six. Thanks. Bye.